This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest. So what I realized was I was using a standard on one lot. So I was making a hundred bucks during New York and a hundred bucks during Asian. So like, oh, I'm at $200 a day. That's great. Then I noticed, you know, as the weeks and the months went on, I was doing it rather consistently. And even on my losses, my losses were, were relatively small because I was only taking five, six, seven pip losses. Sometimes I would let it hit the 10 pip loss, but for the most part, I was taking relatively small losses. So I'm like, man, you know, I can do this consistently. What if I open up another position with that one position I already have open, still catch the same move, just add another position trying to maximize on it. So then I tested it out. So I would have a one position, I'd have my main position open, then I would open up a smaller one, like a 0.50 or a 0.30, and I would catch 10 pips on both of those positions. So I was doing like 130 bucks a day or $150 a day. So once I saw that I was consistently doing that, I did the same thing for agent session. So now my $100 days were turning into $300 days because I was I was adding positions, catching the same 10 pips, but just adding an extra position. So once I saw that I could do that, and as I started raising my lot size, where I would go to two lots, 2.5 lots, three lots, then I went to five, six, eight, and 10. And I said, okay, now I can, instead of having a $300 day or a $500 day, I can have a $1,000 day because it's obvious people are making money doing it. I just need to figure out how. So it was actually through a friend of mine that I found out that you did not need IML to actually trade. And when I found that out, that friend of mine who was actually friends with QBanks, who actually put me in touch with Wall Street Academy and said, hey, this is the top guy in the industry. This is the person you want to learn from. And that's all I needed to hear. I'm like, that's the top guy. That's where I'm going. I had my little aha moments here and there. But when everything clicked for me was when I discovered scalping. Because when I, learned, when I first started learning how to trade, I did not know what scalping was. I'd never heard of it. I thought when you're trading, you had to catch an entire move. But in reality, you can catch this much of a move and still make money. One day, I messaged him and I said, hey, Raja, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm on the verge of giving up. I, I can't seem to understand this. I can't seem to get anywhere with it. I don't know what to do. And he messaged me back and said, hey, let's do a one-on-one. -on -one. And, it, and it blew my mind because I'm like, a one-on-one? -on -one? Like, just me you? <laughs> like, just us? Like, nobody else? Like, he's like, yeah. Like, what, are you available now? Let's do it now. And I was like, oh, my God. I started, <laughs> and I'm freaking out because I'm like, I did not expect that. I expected him to say, okay, it's okay. Just keep studying. Keep your head up. You know, typical stuff. But he took a special interest in me actually getting the help that I needed. So I said, you know what? This guy knows what he's doing. He's teaching. He's taking the time out of his day to help me. The least I could do is just do what he says to do. And I did that. I did that. I sent him my charts every day. Every day that I traded, every session that I traded, I sent him my charts. He would give me feedback. He would help me with this and that. When I got in my trades, I took 10 pips and I got out. I would close out at a certain, if I took a loss, it was a small loss. I was managing my losses the way he taught me to. And ever since then, I've been profitable ever since. Episode 214. Folks, we've got Charlene FX here up on the show. That's coming up in a second now. Before we jump in there, just want to remind you of the Fidel Crest 50K challenge that's up for grabs. In fact, there's five of them up for grabs. There's a link in the YouTube description or the podcast description. Go on there, have a look how it works. I've got a little video there for you to watch. Uh, I'd love to see a few more of you entering that so that we can get this underway. It's going to be awesome. Now, the other thing going on here, we've got the Robot Builders Club where I teach you how to automate virtually anything you can dream up. We use a software called FX Dreamer and we've got some amazing things happening over there. So this February we have the boot camp that you can get access to along with the build that we did for the boot camp and we're also building out the something in the Robot Lab Live which is a live build. You can jump on and get access to that and it's based on smart money concepts. Folks, I'd love to see you on board there. Links below the video and in podcast description. Last but not least, let's hear from my sponsor and get on with the show. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. Alright folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Charlene FX in the house all the way over there in Miami, Florida. Ex-police uh, officer, uh, been trading for five years in the Forex market. So we're going to hear her story today. Welcome to the show, Charlene. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, look, um, to start off with, I mean, how on earth did you get into trading? 
Oh man. So I think, I think my journey is similar to a lot of people's journey. Like IML, <laughs> right? IML exposed. I gotta give it, give it to them. Their marketing is excellent because if anything, um, I have to thank them because they are the ones who exposed me to what Forex is. And, you know, I pretty much took it, took it from there. But yeah, I got it started with uh, IML in 20, actually 2017, but I didn't actually take it seriously until 2018 when I was approached with it uh, again by uh, two different friends of mine who happened to know each other and they were both trading um, and I ended up getting into it. But I was only with IML for like about four months, four or five months, because I kind of realized that I wasn't really learning much from them. They were more about, you know, recruiting and signing people up. And I just wanted to learn how to trade. I wanted to learn how to read a chart and be able to make money from it. You know, I didn't want to take signals. I didn't want to copy and paste. I didn't want to do any of that. So, um, so yeah, I got started in 2018 in May, I'm sorry, March of 2018. And, um, I've been trading now, uh, ever since, and now I'm profitable and, um, it's been a great journey. It's been a great journey. And so, so I mean, it's funny. Like quite a few of the guests say that they started off with IML. Uh, how did how did that progress from there? In terms of you know, you had a I suppose a unique angle of I just want to learn it. I don't necessarily want to take any any sort of quick and easy way. I mean, what was the the journey from there to get to the point where you are now? What it was is I was losing a lot of money. I was losing money, and I didn't know why. I did not know why because they were just giving signals. They were telling you sign up for this app, sign up for that app. Um, you know, I barely knew how to even when the signal came, I barely knew how to even put it into MetaTrader because that's how much they don't teach. You know, they just sign you up and tell you, go get people, <laughs> you know, right. oh, money, we'll send you a signal. What's a signal? <laughs> you know, you don't even know what it is. Right. So, um, but so when I realized every month I was paying because I hadn't recruited anybody, I never recruited a single person in the entire time I was in it. And it was because I wasn't making money. So I didn't want to recruit people into something that I was doing. And I didn't even have results doing it. So I didn't feel comfortable sharing the idea with someone without actually having something that tangible to show them and say, hey, this is why you should sign up with them. You know. So when I realized I was losing money hand over fist, I had loaded my live account with $500. And that's how I knew it was nonsense because I didn't even start with demo. They started you right off with live. And they were like, hey, get, get your live account, put money in there, and then you'll start making money today. And I'm like, when you hear that, you don't know any better. So you're like, okay, you see everybody else around you making money. So you're like, all right, not realizing it's all demo. <laughs> you know, it's, it wasn't real. I didn't know what demo was. I thought it was real. So uh, I went ahead, I put I put 500 bucks in my account at the time. And at the time, that was a lot of money to me. That was a lot of money to me. So I put a lot, uh, 500 in there. I signed up with IML. I think I paid like 300 something bucks to sign up altogether. And every month they were taking like 200 something bucks out of my account. And then, and then I blew the uh, the five hundred dollar account. They were sending like I think I remember the first trade signal that I took that was sent to my phone was a US thirty trade, and it was uh, during London session that they sent the trade, which is odd now, but they sent it during London session. And um, I remember being in profit. I was up like a hundred bucks on the trade. I was like, oh wow, you know, I really am making money with it. But I didn't know how to close. I didn't know nothing, so I just left it there. And when I came back to my account, I was negative like 300 bucks. So the trade had to retrace and I got kicked out of the trade. So, um, so and it yeah. Was, and it sounds like it was a high risk trade if, if you're risking more than half, half your account. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No idea what the lot sizes, nothing. So when I realized I just kept losing money and I wasn't making money, every time I went to the meetings, every time I would talk to my the person that signed me up, it was always, okay, come do this, come do that. You know, it was never like, hey, sit down and let's go over charts. Let me show you what support and resistance is. Let me show you how to do this. It was just um, just a lot of salesy stuff, and I just wasn't interested. So after I had lost a good amount of money, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of there. <laughs> after the show, I realized there was a question I forgot to ask. So I'm going to ask it now and lob it into the show here. So what I was intrigued on finding out was like how you went from that $500 account to being able to trade like these much larger sizes on a larger, larger account size. Um, what, what was the, how on earth did that happen? Okay. So uh, I used to be a police officer and I was a cop for about six years and I'm a cop in Miami, downtown Miami, which is a huge, huge tourist area. And downtown Miami is big on events. There is literally always events going on. When COVID hit, 
it literally like shook the entire uh, city because there was always something going on. So as a police officer, there is tons and tons of and tons of what's called off duty jobs and off duty jobs are like kind of overtime jobs where you're working um, as security basically for concerts, um, restaurant openings, um, Art Basel events, um, sports games. You know, you have the Marlins, you have the Miami Heat, you have the Dolphins. So there's always something going on in Miami. So those jobs, they are in abundance, and those jobs don't pay no less than three, four hundred dollars per job, and they're paying you um, fifty, sixty, seventy, sometimes a hundred dollars an hour minimum for three hours. So you're at minimum going to get paid three hours, even if you work an hour, you're going to get paid for the whole three hours. So I had my regular income from my regular um, 40 hour a week paycheck. And then I would work overtime, which is off duty jobs. So I was pulling in sometimes two, 3000 a week, sometimes in those off duty checks. So that's how I was actually able to fund my account. I was just working, working, working as much overtime as I could, which was a, a good and a bad thing because it was good because I had the funds to be able to fund my account, but it was bad because but the money came so quickly and so easily at times that it caused me to over leverage and to try to be greedy with it because I had two, three, four, five, sometimes $10,000 in my account and I could just go crazy with it, not really understanding what I was doing trading. So once I got tired of losing as much as I did, cause I had lost well over $60,000 in my first year, I kind of got tired of it. And I also got burnt out from working so much as well. So I kind of had to slow down. So then I said, okay, I'm going to slow down just a little bit, take the money that I, I make, and I'm going to just fund my account with it and just grow that account as much as I could. But I was still going to practice really good risk management. So there was a time where I had 20, 30,000 in my account, but I was still using one lots and two lots, just trying to slowly build up my confidence, slowly build up my skill. And later on, I could, you know, grow my lot sizes as I wanted to. But I still had the funds available for me to continue growing my account. So that's actually how I was able to actually grow my account very quickly and be able to have a larger trading account to be able to take higher risk. Awesome. Well, look, uh, we'll just get back onto the rest of the interview. Uh, hopefully you guys got a bit more insight in there. Okay. So, so where did you get to after that? Like, so you, you, you didn't know how to do anything. It's funny when you think back to the beginning and people probably listening to this, this show are going to be like, some of these episodes are going to go way over their head. So it's quite a good, good thing for the newbies to listen to this so they can go okay well I didn't know what a signal was either um yeah <laughs> so how did you how did you how on earth did you sort of get yourself what were the educational steps you took the path that path of education okay so I um I was under the impression and this is something else that IML does is they uh put you under the impression that you need them to trade like you need them to actually have access to the markets and I had no idea that you didn't. I thought you had to be with the company to have access to MetaTrader, to you know put money in your account and trade and whatnot. So when I found out that you did not need them, which I found out through another friend of mine, I was like, "What?" And they're like, "No, I you can you don't need them. You can trade by yourself." You know, and I was my mind was just that information alone blew my mind because it just went on to tell me how much I didn't know. So the fact that I saw that that little bit of information that was now insignificant but back then it was huge to me i said maybe i should do a little more research in this and see maybe there's other things that i wasn't aware of as well that i need to learn to see because it's obvious people are making money doing it i just need to figure out how so it was actually through a friend of mine um, that i found out that you did not need iml to actually uh trade and when i found that out um it was that that friend of mine who was actually friends with q banks who actually put me in touch with Wall Street Academy and said, hey, this is the top guy in the industry. This is the person you want to learn from. And that's all I needed to hear. I'm like, that's the top guy. That's where I'm going. You know, it's like learning how to play basketball. And someone says, hey, this is Michael Jordan's course. This is the top guy. That's who I need to learn from. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, and after that, um, I, he, his course was the first course I ever bought. And it's, it was game over from there. At that point, I, I dove in and I never looked back. And so oh. you, I suppose that's quite lucky that you had a friend that was friends with Q Banks, yeah. um, who's been on the show, if, if you folks haven't haven't uh, seen his episode. Uh, and, and because are you living quite close in that area or something, or is it just, yeah? Uh, I have no idea. I, I feel like it was, it was uh, almost like, uh, I don't know, divine intervention or serendipity. I don't know what they call it. But uh, I, 
I don't know. I can't even say it's just, I, I think it was meant to be. I'm a big, big believer in the law of attraction and, you know, the universe, you know, bringing you the things you're supposed to have in your life. Yeah. So uh, it, it just so happens, you know, I, I knew him and he knew Q and he's, and he was a trader. Q was a trader. And then she like, you want to learn how to trade? Okay. This is who you need to go to. Yeah. So it, it just so happens. And this friend of mine, um, I had, I didn't even know him that well. We were like, friends but not friend friends like we didn't talk every day we didn't hang out every day we were kind of more instagram friends if, if anything and he was actually posting profits one day on his instagram and when i saw him post the profits which is the same stuff you would see through iml people i messaged him immediately and i'm like hey what are you doing you know get away from that company they're a scam they're gonna take your money it's not real you know and he messaged me back and he's like what are you talking about like <laughs> like what do you mean <laughs> and i said i said no no you're part of that company right that iml company He's like, no. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, no, this is me. I'm, these are my, I'm, I'm this by myself. I'm not with that company. And I'm like, what? And literally the next day I, 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 we call, I called him. I said, I got to meet you. We got to talk. And I met up with him. And after that, that was it. That was yeah. it. And I said, oh no, I, I got to. That's I hilarious. Gotta, I gotta yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I find it funny because you were so oh, like, I mean, I suppose blinkered to the fact that <laughs> the whole markets are not just IML. You've got, you know, anyone could trade, you know, there's millions, you know, thousands yeah. and thousands of brokers out there. Um, that's <laughs> yes. just, that's hilarious. Uh, so, so, okay. So you, you learned from Q, uh, have you taken that stuff and, and uh, evolved it to, to suit your style or do yes. you just literally, I'm just copying and pasting exactly what I learned and replicating it? No, no. Um, Cause here's the thing about trading. I think you can learn trading from, you know, certain people, but you're always going to add your own little twist. You're always going to add your own little touch to it to where it's understandable for you. So uh, I don't trade exactly like what I was taught in Wall Street Academy because I did buy other courses as well, because I'm a big believer in like diversifying, right? You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You never know who, who's going to teach you, you know, that one thing that makes everything click for you. So I did buy uh, a numerous courses along the way. Uh, Wall Street Academy was just the first course that I, I bought. I studied that for right around nine or 10 months before I actually looked into other courses. Um, but I would say uh, that course and one other course were the only ones that like really, really did it for me. And then I kind of took took the material that I learned from, you know, a little bit from everybody. But the most stuff that I learned from the more important information that I got from those courses, I was able to kind of put it in my own my own strategy you, you should, can say I don't really like to say strategy but I put it in my own way and to a way that makes sense for me and I kind of took all the complexities out of trading because trading can be a very um what's the word I'm looking for convoluted uh subject because <laughs> there's so many different angles so many different variables so many different ways you can look at things um and I like to keep things as simplistic as possible so I decided to okay this is what I'm being taught here. This is what I'm being taught here. How can I take these two things and simplify them to something that makes complete sense for me and makes the, the road a little bit more smoother to navigating how to execute on a high probability trade. So that's when I decided, that's when I decided to take all the information that I learned, take as much fluff out of it as possible, bring it down to the bare bones. And then I created my own platform with my own um, course or strategy, you can say. And here we are today, you know, where it's simple. My course is called Simple FX because I keep it as simple as possible, as I possibly can to where I should have named it Forex for Dummies. Right, yeah. <laughs> because that's how simple and bare bones it is, you know, to right. where a 10-year-old can learn how to trade um, from my strategy. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like you have to kind of get out there and expose yourself to as much knowledge from as many things as you can because that's the only way you're going to know what works for you and what doesn't and so how did you i'm interested to hear how you sort of validated what you came up with i mean you know hearing from other people is great and then then applying it's okay but i suppose getting the confidence that it's going to work needs mm -hmm. some kind of back testing etc and also trying to fit it within your lifestyle as you know being a police officer and having mm -hmm. shift work probably you know sometimes in the evening sometimes days how did that all play out for you to you know squeeze um, it in there it wasn't as hard for me um because i you know i didn't have any kids i was still very young at the time 
and I'm still young, but I was younger back then. So I had a lot of energy and I could stay up all night and study. I could wake up early in the morning and study. And my job wasn't as demanding as people think. I had a set schedule. I had a lot of control over my schedule as well. Uh, and I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule also. So where, you know, when I wanted to trade London session, I would just uh, work the um, afternoons and then I would get up early in the morning and trade London session. And then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to go to work till that afternoon. So in the first, I would say half hour of the day from like nine to about 11, 12, I could sleep. And then I wouldn't, I would get up around 1.30 and get ready to go to work and be at work by two. So, um, and then when I wanted to trade New York session, that's when I would work um, the nights, so I would work afternoons. So I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule. So it wasn't hard for me. Um, and on top of that, um, I pretty much based trading around my job and every free ounce of time that I had, I dedicated to learning how to trade. I was always on the charts, even while I was at work. Uh, as a police officer, you have a lot of downtime most of the time. When it's busy, it's busy. But when it's not busy, it's boring. It is boring. So uh, when I used to work the night shift, um, I studied a lot during, during the night because you have to be awake. You can't really be sleeping because you have to you know, be aware of what's going on around you and things like that. You never know when something's gonna happen, so you kind of have to be alert. So to keep myself up at night, I was I was studying. I was either studying a course, I was on YouTube, I was um, back testing charts, I was um, paper trading at times. Uh, so any ounce of time that I had, I wanted to um, dedicate it to trading because not only did I really want to learn trading, but I saw it as a way to get out of my job because at the time I was really struggling with what I was doing at my job. I was struggling with the people I was working with. It was a, a very high stress environment mm -hmm. and I didn't see myself being there for a very long time and I needed a plan B. I, I yeah. needed a plan B. So I said, okay, uh, you know, I don't have a college degree. I don't really have anything to fall back on. This has to be it. This something has to be it. And this was, it wasn't easy. I wouldn't, I don't like to use the word easy when I talk about trading, but at the time it was one of the easiest things. It wasn't like I had to take a bunch of money and go start a restaurant or something, you know, something like that. Uh, it was just me studying and putting in the time and I had an ample amount of time. So um, I really credit having that job because it gave me the motivation that I needed to stick with it and to not quit because it wasn't easy at all. It was not easy. Uh, at all but um... and when you were doing your like say for example your back testing and paper trading i mean were was there something in there that like was an aha moment for you where you thought oh, man, oh yeah. this is this is this is the one and did you have to go through various iterations to find what you do now Yes, um, I had to go through various different different strategies. Um, I had because the thing is with strategies, you can't test it out for one or two days. You got to give it enough time to actually tell you that the strategy does work or it doesn't work. So I and that's why my the learning curve with me was was a little bit bigger than for most people because I gave things months. You know, I studied Wall Street Academy for nine months before I even looked into another course. And even when I did look into another course, um, I was still studying that course along with Wall Street Academy. So I was kind of putting things together. So I had my little aha moments here and there. Um, but when everything clicked for me was when I discovered scalping. Because when I learned, when I first started learning how to trade, I did not know what scalping was. I'd never heard of it. I thought when you're trading, you had to catch an entire move, when in reality, you can catch this much of a move and still make money. So when I discovered scalping, it changed the game for me uh, on its head, literally upside down. And I never looked back. And how Once did you I discover it? What was, the, what was the key thing for you? It was through um, Raja Banks. It was through him. I stumbled across his uh, YouTube uh, live when he was doing the live sessions on YouTube. I don't know how I found him. I, I, I think he just popped up on my explore page or something. And I, I started watching it. And I, at the time, I didn't even know people did live trade sessions. There weren't that many people doing live trade sessions at the time. Mm. So when I found him, that was a new thing for me. I was like, oh, people are actually doing it like live and you know, in front of people. And at the time, I think he had like two, 300 people watching. Um, not that many, but uh, I, I watched him for like three days. Three days I watched him. And it just so happens, once again, that he was having an in-person course in Miami. And at the time he was living in Canada. So I said, wait a minute, he's coming to Miami and he's gonna be showing us how to do this. I gotta meet this guy, I gotta go, I gotta go. And at the time I was struggling. I was really struggling because um, 
I was still swing trading, you know, trying to hold positions, trying to, you know, uh, I was over leveraging a lot, you know, trying to make back losses. I had a lot of bad habits. Um, my risk management was out the window. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, but when I found him, what took me with him was that he was scalping. And not only was he scalping, but he wasn't using any indicators. And I had probably maybe six or seven courses at the time that I had bought at that time. And every single one of those courses was centered around indicators. Mm. And indicators was a very hard topic for me. And when I saw that this guy was trading literally with nothing but looking at the candles, I said, this is this is it. This is it for me. And I used my last $1,200 that I had like to my name. And I didn't even have it. I bought it on a credit card. And I was just hoping, praying, please let this card go through because <laughs> I didn't have the money, you know. <laughs> And I was able to to get the class to get in, and I actually called out sick because he has he has his in person over the weekend, and I used to work over the weekends. I never had weekends off, so it was three days. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, I called out sick all three days. Right. All three days. I didn't care. I was like, I want this. <laughs> and um, ever since then, uh, three I would say three months after that, I took that in person class was when I actually started seeing a lot more upside to my trading. Right. I would say after that. So that was so, okay, cool. So, so what was what was the sort of, I mean, obviously candlesticks. What were the what were the other key things around this? So there was purely a scalping approach. Yes, on what was, time frames were you were you looking to get in on? Um, I would say mostly the daily, the four hour, and then thirty minute entries was it for me. Now I've graduated to looking at the five minute to take my entries to get better entries now because obviously it takes time to get better with your entries. But um, understanding how to analyze my daily, my weekly, my four-hour timeframes, you know, the higher time frame correlations is everything with trading. It doesn't matter what kind of trader you are. If you're a scalper, intraday, swing trader, you still have to know how to break down your high time frames. Uh, I'm of that belief. And once I was able to master that, then I said, okay, now I can, I can look at other things. I can understand market structure. I can understand understanding volume in the market. I can understand how time frame, how to correlate time frame correlation and put that with market structure. And how do I use that to get myself better with entries? Uh, how do I know when to get in, when to get out? You know, what, what are the best stop losses? What are the best take profits? Um, and then working on my psychology as well, being content with just taking, you know, a small amount of pips and leaving the rest on the table because most people, they want as much as they can get, but it takes a different type of discipline to say, I'm only catching this many pips. And once I hit that, I am out. I don't care how many more goes after I'm getting out. That discipline, I had to grow into that. I had to build that within me. And once I did that, I mean, it was game over at that point. Mm. And now I remember like Raja from memory, he has been on the show, sort of would look to take maybe 20 pip profit. What Did he, what, did he like a fixed take profit kind yeah, of approach? He was, he, he was a 10 pip god. It was 10 pips was 10 yep. pips and he and he this is the thing with him that did it for me was uh after i became his student i took the in-person class you know you were you're in the, the student group and whatnot and he was always active in there always talking always accessible which i liked because in many other courses that i had bought uh good luck getting a hold of the person that made the course you know you're talking to other students that have the course but the main person wasn't very active in there so when i saw that he was active and i was like oh i can message him and he's messaging me right back and i can ask him questions and i could send him chart work and stuff so i thought that was really cool that was very different and um one day i messaged him and i said hey raja you know i'm really struggling uh i'm on the verge of giving up I, I i can't seem to understand this i can't seem to get anywhere with it i don't know what to do and he messaged me back and said hey let's do a one-on-one -on -one. And it, and it blew my mind because I'm like, a one on one, like just me, you? <laughs> like just us, like nobody, else. like he's like, yeah, like, what, are you available now? Let's do it now. And I was like, oh my God, I started, <laughs> and I'm freaking out because I'm like, I did not expect that. I expected him to say, okay, it's okay, just keep studying, keep your head up, you know, typical stuff. But he took a special interest in me actually getting the help that I needed. And that really, really resonated with me. Mm. And after that, it was like, we were on for about maybe two hours, two and a half hours, almost three hours. And 
Um, the only reason why he got off was because he had to go <laughs> spend time with his kids and stuff. But uh, he took that much time with me. And after that, he said, Charlene, after, go what we went over today. And every day, I want you to send me your charts every day. Every single day, send me your charts on every trade you take. Do this, this, and this. Go for 10 pips. Get your 10 pips and get out. Be done for the day, and that's it. Do that only, and I promise you, you will see a difference in your trading. And I did that. He could have told me, wake up in the morning, do three backflips, touch my nose, and sing like a bird <laughs> before I traded. And I would have done yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I said, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing. He's teaching, he's taking the time out of his day to help me. The least I could do is just do what he says to do. And I did that, I did that. I sent him my charts every day, every day that I traded, every session that I traded, I sent him my charts. He would give me feedback, he would help me with this and that. But when I got in my trades, I took 10 pips and I got out. I would close out at a certain, if I took a loss, it was a small loss, I was managing my losses the way he taught me to. And ever since then, I've been profitable ever since, ever wow. since. Well, and so are you still taking 10 pip profits or have you sort of changed well, that? I've, I've caught, I'm, I'm catching more now, but I still have that mentality. I still have that, right? Where, you know, like, okay, I'm okay with 10 because obviously I'm using bigger lot sizes now. So my, my being content with a certain amount of profit is at a level where I'm okay with it. So I really don't mind just taking 10 pips, but I've kind of pushed myself to catching a little bit more. So I'm, I'm even trading a little bit more volatile pairs now that I know will push at least 20, 30, 40 pips in a, in a move that normally I would only get 10 pips in. So now I'm not typically just getting 10 pips. I'm trying to get more, but I, I'll never like leave that mentality to where oh, I'm, I'm too good to catch only 10 pips now. I will never be too good to only catch 10 because it's a blessing to even be able to do that. Some people can't get a win at all, you know, so to be able to do that consistently um, is, is definitely a, a positive. And so with this style of trading, I mean, do, do you have, I mean, are, are you able to sort of adequately sort of relay a, an, uh, what's the risk to reward ratio kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So, cause I know that from my memory, like Raja will, you know, if it goes into, 50% drawdown, he might take off half the position and then get out with half the, you know, and get us a break even trade or something like that. So there's a ways to manage it, which makes it a little bit harder to go, oh, it's a fixed, you know, three, yeah. three hour kind of trade. What, what's, how do you do, how do you, how does it typically look for you? Well, I actually stack my positions now, um, most likely because I'm trying to maximize my profit potential on the same amount of, uh, I guess, risk, you could say. Because like, for instance, if I'm, let's say I'm looking for 15 pips on a move, which isn't very much, but if I'm catching 15 pips on, let's say three positions, I've now maximized my profit potential on the same move that I would have caught for that one position. So I'm already exposing myself to a certain amount of risk, but um, I typically do not close partials. Um, I don't even use the magic keys any much, much anymore. I do trade uh, everything manually, but, um, I'm so, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm very confident in my strategy to the point where I'm okay opening those positions and taking that level of risk because I know exactly where I'm gonna get out if the trade goes against me. And I know where I'm gonna get out once it goes into a certain amount of profit. And I've done it, I've done it like that now for like the last three years. So I don't see myself changing it anytime soon. I'm okay with the, with, the, with the level of risk that I've taken on my account. It's shown me that I'm pretty profitable doing it. Uh, so no, I, I, don't, I don't typically trade like him when it comes to you know, closing partials and whatnot, because um, I don't even know if he stacks. I don't think he stacks, but um, I'm seeing that becoming more of a thing now with stacking positions. Um, a lot more traders are doing it. I know I do it, Raul does it, Q does it. Um, a lot more traders are coming out with stacking positions and it's it's just a benefit to me because if you're already in a trade for one, you know, for, for catching that same position for one, I mean, it doesn't have to be the same lot size. It can be a smaller lot size. It can be a half of a lot, you know, whatever it is. Um, but why not make more? If, if you're already in the move, why not maximize the profit potential? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of my ideology behind that. Um, but it doesn't, it's, it's not to knock closing partials at all. You should still do that if you're someone who wants to really, you know, keep your discipline to a T. Most definitely, if the trade is going against you, but you still have confidence in the setup, 
more than likely you could take a little bit of risk off of your trade um, until the trade tells you, hey, it's not going away. Maybe you should get out 100%. Mm. So I mean, it's it's all of the preference to me. It's about preference and and everyone's different level of risk. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, what about um winning rates? And uh, we'll go through some of the stats. Like, what's your win rate look like? You know, I'm not big on percentages. To be honest with you, I I, I suck at math. So I know I'm profitable. If I had to put a number on my win rate, it would probably be like in the high 70s, low 80s, I would say. So you don't lose very often. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, for instance, this past January, um, I traded live on YouTube for the entire month, from January 3rd all the way to the end of January. And in that entire month, we traded every day. We only took three losses that entire Mm -hmm. month. So to me, that, I mean, that was great. That was a great start to the year, I got (laughs) to say. (laughs) <laughs> and to do it live was amazing. You know, everybody, people were, were killing it like crazy, which was awesome. Um, is it like that all the time? No, not only that, but the thing is, I don't trade every day anymore. I was only doing it every day because I was doing the live sessions. But if I wasn't doing the live sessions, I wouldn't be trading every day. Because if, if I have a good day, like if I have a good day or even a good week, if I'm doing like, let's say if I have a, a 10K day or let's say, a, a, I don't know, a 20K week, a lot of times, I'm not trading all the time after that anymore because I'm I'm okay with that profit. I don't really like to put it at risk after I've already made it. And then on top of that, I have other businesses that I do outside of trading that take up some of my time. So I don't dedicate too much time to trading anymore because I have other endeavors and other things that, you know, require my time. So it's kind of hard to put a percentage on my win rate because I'm not trading every day anymore. And when I do trade, yes, I win more than I lose, but what's the percentage? I would have to break it down week by week or something yeah. like that, month by month, to really give you a solid number. Yeah, well, it sounds, it sounds like it's it's pretty high. I mean, what? how many yeah. instrument, <laughs> instruments are you trading? I'm trading US 30 now, which I'm still kind of getting the hang of, but my main pair is gold and my backup pair is AU. So that's those are the main okay. instruments I trade now. Yeah, okay. I love gold. I love gold. <laughs> and and how, how many trades in a week would you take? I typically take one trade a day or, or maybe two, maybe two, because now I'm trading US 30. So I'm taking positions potentially on gold or AU and now uh, US 30. Like, for instance, I'm in a, in a trade now on US 30 where I'm holding buys. So that would count as another position because I took gold this morning as well. So that's typically two trades. So on average, I'm taking really only one setup a day. So if I'm trading every day, I'm only taking one trade. So on average, I'm only taking five trades a week. So it's it's not very much at all, at all. My 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 it's it's quality over quantity for me. And so so what is your typical trading day? And I'm guessing you have days where you, you you'll trade, and then yeah. you know if you make the profit, then you'll stop. But what would that day be like? So I get up every day around six six fifteen six thirty the latest, and I'm on the computer by like seven seven fifteen ish. Um, I would get up and uh, the first thing I would do is I would check the news. I would check Forex Factory for news to see if there's news out there. Um, I don't look at any other pairs except the ones I trade. I don't look at any other pairs. So I only look at gold. I'm mostly uh, AU for my backup. And then I have US 30 that I'm still studying, still learning. I don't rush into US 30 that I'm still taking my time with it because I trade it very differently than I do gold or uh, AU. And then um, on top of that, uh, in my experience with US 30, it doesn't move until like 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock anyway. So I'm on the choice by 7. So I have a good amount of time to uh, to chill with gold or AU until I look at, at US 30. But for the most part, I usually find my setups by like, I would say 8 o'clock to about 9.45. In that window of time is usually when I find a setup because I'm usually off the charts by like 10.30. 10.30, 11, that the latest. So my trading time is between 7 and 11 in the morning. If I don't find a setup in that time, I'm off the charts and I'm going about my day. So that's my schedule every day. I wake up at that time, I trade from seven to about 11 and then I'm off. Usually once I get my setup, if I get my setup, sometimes I'll get it at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. If I, once I grab my, my um, you know, 10, 20 pips, I'm usually done. So I'm off, I'm gone and I'm, you know, <laughs> living my, doing, doing my day. So sometimes I'm not even on the charts that long. I grab a yeah. quick setup and I'm out. So interesting you say AU is your backup. I mean, what was the thinking around AU? Well, with gold, um, it doesn't always give me the setups that I'm looking for. And it 
typically moves similarly to gold. However, it's not as volatile as gold is. So uh, I love the way it moves. It correlates well with gold as well. So usually it's like back and forth. If gold doesn't give me the setup, I most likely will find something on AU. And if AU doesn't give me a setup, I'm probably not trading for the day. So that'll be a no trade day for me. But for the most part, if I don't find a setup on one, I'll find a setup on another. And now I have US 30 that I'm learning. And pretty soon, I would say in the next, like by this summer or maybe the end of the year latest, I want to only be trading US 30 and gold. Righty ho. Now, uh, so you, you, uh, I suppose over the course of what 2018 to now, the whole prop mm -hmm. firm thing has just exploded. Did you ever dive into prop firms and try the challenges? And and how did you go? I did. Uh, I did try FTMO. I've tried top tier. Those are the only ones that I've ever tried. I know of other companies. Um, I'm not a big fan of prop firms because I I do think they work. I think they're great for traders who don't who just don't have the funds available to them to risk uh, in the live markets. But um, I also feel like it kind of hinders certain type of trader because it, it, it changes your trading style. Uh, I'm a very risky trader. I like to take risk. Um, I don't mind taking risk, you know, no risk, no reward. You know what I mean? So you can't really be a trader if you're not willing to risk something, you know, to make big money, you have to risk big money. So with prop firms, I feel like the rules are so tight sometimes that it's, very hard to color within the lines with them and that's why they're so hard to to pass because the the parameters the risk parameters that they give you are just so minimal and it's easy to kind of to kind of you know dip your foot in that in that in that pool so it's tough but the flip side of it is i feel like the risk management that they teach you to abide by is great i think it's great i think if more people implemented those risk parameters on their live account, they would probably see a lot more consistency as well. But it all depends on the kind of trader you are, the type of risk you're willing to take on your setups and your knowledge as well. Because at the end of the day, it's not about your account size. It's not about anything. It's about your psychology and your skill, because those are the two things that are going to help you become a, a consistent trader. And without those, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You could have a million dollar account. You're, you're going to blow it just as much as you would a hundred dollar account because you don't have the skill required to be able to manage um, to manage uh, your trading. And, and in terms of like, I mean, it sounds like you've got a unique approach to risk uh, and risk management. I mean, how how do you how do you sort of determine how much you're going to put at risk on, on a, one particular trade? It, so it depends on the setup that I'm looking at. Like, for instance, if I'm seeing, let's say, a high probability setup where I'm looking for, I'm, I'm typically a break and retest volume trader. So if I see, you know, I plan my trade way ahead before I take the trade. Um, on my live sessions, I show my students and the people that are watching how I actually plan the trade before I'm even in the trade. So before I'm in the trade, I know where I want to get in. I know where I want to get out if the trade goes against me and I know you know where I'm willing to hold my trade if it goes into a certain amount of profit. So I'm big on that. I'm big on trading plans and I'm big on knowing exactly what you want to see happen before you ever hit the buy or sell button. You have to know what you want to see happen and that's going to give you the confidence to get in okay i look at it like this if i say to myself i want to see a bullish engulfing i want to see a break of this level i want to see you know support being held over here if i see abc i'm executing because i already said these are the things i want to see happen that are giving me the confirmations that i need to back up my bias so what's the point of doing an analysis is is if if you see what you wanted to see happen and you don't execute so if you plan your trade and you see your plan literally playing out in front of you, you need to execute because that's what you wanted to see happen. Now, before you get in, you made a plan. The plan was I'm going to look, I'm going to see this, this, and this. And if this, this, and this happens, then I'm getting in. But before you do that, if this, this, and this happens after this, is it going my way or is it not? Because if it's not going my way, I got to know where I'm getting out. And if it is going my way, I also need to know where I'm getting out because it may not go your way forever. Where are you going to be okay with coming, with grabbing your profits, taking profits? Are you going to be leaving some runners? Are you going to be done for the day? Um, are you going to be looking for a second opportunity if it's a loss? These are all things. It's, it's constant like Q&A that's going on in my head when I'm looking at the markets and when I'm looking to take a trade because I feel like these are things you have to actually be experiencing when you're in a trade. You cannot just take a trade and say, whatever happens, happens. It, the markets are too volatile for that, okay? It's, it's like, I like to 
correlate the markets with the casino. The house always wins, you know? So how can you give yourself an extra edge so you can have a little bit of an advantage for you to win because statistics say 90, 95 people typically lose at trading. So how can you be part of that five, 10% to where you can get out on top? Well, the more you take profit, the higher your, your win percentage is gonna be because you're not in the markets anymore, exposing yourself to potential risk. So it's all about the setup for me, and it's about planning your trade from beginning to end. Absolutely. And and so just like on the on like a percentage of your account, I mean, how much would you be taking from a risk percent? Like if you um, break it down to percent, or do you just use fixed lots and and just? Yeah, I I like to use fixed lots, and I'm uh, I don't I'm not big on flipping accounts. I like to put a certain amount of 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 money into my account, and I like to have a principal amount. So if let's say I load up an account with let's say 50k if i was to get the, the account to let's say 60k or 65k more than likely i'm pulling that profit out and i'm just doing it all over again i'm just doing it all over again so i like to keep a certain principal amount so when i start my day i already have a number in mind of how much i'm willing to lose so i don't know the setup i'm going to see it the setup is going to dictate what i'm going to risk so i don't know the setup but i already have my mind okay Am I up on the week? Am I down on the week? Can I play with house money? Can I risk a little bit more? You know, because when you have a little cushion, let's say I have 50K in my account and let's say I had a 15K day or something. So now I'm up, you know, dollars $70,000 in the account. My principal amount was 50. I'm already up on the week. The week has just started. I still have time. So maybe I want to risk a little bit more to kind of build a little more on the account or do I want to risk a little bit less because I don't want to burn up all that all that equity all that uh profit that i just built up all that cushion that i just built for myself so i'm looking at the setup if the setup is one of, is a high probability setup that i've taken several times before and i know that it usually plays out more than likely i may want to risk a little bit more but if i'm not sure about the setup i'm gonna take my foot off the gas a little bit and say hmm do i want to take this setup and if I'm not so sure about it, maybe I will reduce my risk. I'll reduce my lot size. Maybe instead of taking multiple positions, I'll take one position, you know? So I am, I do use risk management when it comes to that because I don't just want to just blow money. I'm, I'm not in the market of losing money like that. So I don't care how much I'm up. I still don't like to lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it all depends on the setup. And once I see the type of setup that I want to take, then I'm like, okay, that's going to dictate how much I'm going to risk. But like I said, every morning when I come to the computer, I already know. I'm going to win. I start my day off always positive, always, okay, today's gonna be a winning day. And even if it's not, I already know how much I'm gonna lose because you have to resign yourself to being okay with a certain amount of loss because you never know how much you're gonna make, but you control how much you're gonna lose. Mm. So what if, so what about if you're like, so say it was a 50K you know, account you started off with, what would be the figure in your, your mind saying, okay, well, I'm happy to lose this amount. What would that figure be? In a day or a yeah. month? Or or in a day, I say, I suppose a day. In a day, I would be okay losing maybe two thousand, three thousand. Anything over like four thousand would be a lot. Right. That would be a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it. That's it. If I'm losing that, I'm good for the day. And either that, I'm looking for another setup, or hey, wasn't my day, so I'm just gonna sit on my hands for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so do you, do you have any sort of rules around like you get, yeah, and you won't take any more than say two setups, or if you have a win, you're gonna just gonna stop? Is it anything like that? <laughs> Typically, when I have a win, I kind of stop. I, I don't like to, um, I don't like to be greedy. I, I just, I feel like uh, I was blessed with this win. If the win was a tough win, like, you know, I was in drawdown for a little bit, or it gave me a hard time hitting my profit, most likely I'm going to be done for the day, because I'm going to be like, the markets kind of weren't on my side today. Yes, I ended the day with a win, but you know what? I need to I need to call it a day here. Uh, other other times, let's say I'm up a lot on the week and I, I want I risk a lot on a trade. Then in, in in some cases I might look and say, hmm, is there another setup here? But uh, for the most part, I'm not very greedy. That's why my run rate is so high because I take profit quickly, mm. I take profit fast. When I did my live session, some people were mad because they were like, hey, why did you close? And if you know gold flew another thirty pips, I don't care. I, yeah. I I'm good with what I got. You know, so yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not shy to take profit at all. So, so you might even like, say, for example, on this, 50, let's say this 50k account example, you know, happy to lose three grand, but you might also be happy to take what 500 bucks and go, oh, I'm going to well, walk away because it's just not playing out and or, or, or is that too, too low? Yeah, it's a bit too low. Right. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, it, it, well, it depends, right? Because let's say I was in drawdown for a majority of the setup. 
and I got in the profit and it's lingering right at break even, you know, right around one pip, two pip profit. And it's just, there's no volume. It's not pushing because mind you, again, this is in, t- in tone with my plan for the trade. When I'm as a scalper, you're a, a momentum volume trader. So when you get in a trade, you don't have time to wait two, three, four hours for it to take off. We're looking for it to move right then and there. So a lot of times I'm not in trades very long. I'm in trades at the most, maybe 30, maybe 45 minutes, depending on the volume. But there have been times I've caught five minute candles. I've caught 15, 30 minute candles. I'm in and out, in and out. So 500, no, that's that's nothing almost. <laughs> so I wouldn't look to be look, catching 500 on a 50K account. I'd be looking to, if, if I'm willing to lose maybe max three or 4K, I better make seven, eight, nine on the trade. Right. So that's okay. typically what, what I'm looking to make. And when I say that, it's I have two or three positions open. So if I have two or three positions open, let's say I have, I'm up, I don't know, 10 pips, 15, 20 pips. That's on the lot size that I use. That's typically two, $3,000 per position. So I'm already hitting my goal once I'm up 10, 12, 15 pips. So at that point, I'm okay with closing out because I've made a good amount of money for that day mm. because of that, that risk. You yeah, know what I mean? it, it is. So, it is. I compare to a lot of the guests that I, have on the show is high risk trading so it is an art form and and how did you how did you get into that um mindset of of taking that kind of risk approach um i noticed it when i was only catching 10 pips and i was catching it so consistently i was doing it so consistently so there was a point where i was um catching 10 pips i was trading new york session and i was trading asian session and I was trading GJ at the time I was trading GJ that was my only pair and GJ moves all day moves all three all the main sessions. So I was able to catch 10 pips during New York and 10 pips during uh, Asian session. So what I realized was I was using a standard on one lot so I was making 100 bucks during New York and 100 bucks during Asian. So like, oh, I'm at $200 a day. That's great. Then I noticed, you know, as the weeks and the months went on, I was doing it rather consistently. And even on my losses, my losses were, were relatively small because I was only taking five, six, seven pip losses. Sometimes I would let it hit the 10 pip loss, but for the most part, I was taking relatively small losses. So I'm like, man, you know, I can do this consistently. What if I open up another position with that one position I already have open, still catch the same move, just add another position trying to maximize on it. So then I tested it out. So I would have a one position, I'd have my main position open, then I would open up a smaller one, like a 0.50 or a 0.30, and I would catch 10 pips on both of those positions. So I was doing like 130 bucks a day or $150 a day. So once I saw that I was consistently doing that, I did the same thing for Asian session. So now my $100 days were turning into $300 days because I was I was adding positions, catching the same 10 pips, but just adding an extra position. So once I saw that I could do that, and as I started raising my lot size, where I would go to two lots, 2.5 lots, three lots, then I went to five, six, eight, and 10. And I said, okay, now I can, instead of having a $300 day or a $500 day, I can have a $1,000 day on the same level of risk. But now my stop loss has to be a little bit more tighter because now I have two positions open instead of one. So instead of being in the five pip drawdown, I'm in literally 10 pips drawdown because I have two positions open. So now my entries had to be a much tighter, you know, a little bit much better. So I kind of tested it out for months because I was scared of, you know, doing that because yeah. it was still a lot of risk. But once I saw, I said, Charlene, you are consistently catching 10 pips. If you have the confidence to do that with one position, you should be able to do it. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that you're doing. You're not doing anything different. It's just you're adding another position. So I kind of took that and now it just has a life. It's just a part of my trading now. It's just mm. I stack. I stack on my positions. I love it. And I win way more than I lose. Mm. Way, way more than I lose. If I was losing a lot with it, trust me, I wouldn't be doing it. Trust me, I wouldn't yeah. be doing it. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah, because it's it, that that's actually really interesting to hear how you got to that point because i think that's going to help a lot of people who are sort of thinking about i mean it's a high stakes approach uh to trading and how do they get there is the difficulty it's like i mean whereas most people would think oh you know you just went from oh i'm trading one lot now i'm gonna bump it up to three and then away we go and it's now now i'm gonna do tens and and that on a mindset point of view is gonna screw you over straight away right whereas yeah. I like that. Multiple positions. Um, what about like talking about mindset? Like, have you got any sort of special things you do to try and get your mind in tune before you start trading that kind of thing? 
Well, um, I don't trade when I'm going through personal things in my life. I feel like uh, if you're not able to give the charts 100%, uh, your undivided attention, you're, you're already in the negative <laughs> because it requires that type of respect where you have to be locked in. You have to be focused. You have to know what you're looking at. You have to stick to your rules, stick to your discipline, stick to your trading plan. And if you're looking for a setup, you know, you might be thinking about what's happening over here, what's going on with this, you know, family member, with your relationship, with work or whatever is going on with your kids, whatever could be going on, then you're not 100% focused. And that can, um, that can fog your, your, the clarity that you need to have when you're trading. It may make you see something that's not there. It may uh, cause you to have a lack of patience because you're anxious, you're ready to go do whatever, go take care of this, and you wanna just get this trade over with, and it will cause you to prematurely enter a setup before you, you, you should, and cause you to take unnecessary losses. So I'm big on um, making sure your head is completely clear before you come on the charts and you know, expose your, your account and your psychology to a beating, a beating is what it is, you know, yeah. being patient, um, <laughs> being patient, waiting on setups, um, sometimes missing your setup, you know, sometimes I sit here and I'm watching, waiting for my setup to happen and it won't happen the way I want it to happen. And when it does happen, I'm missing it, you know, so I just sat here for three hours and missed my setup. And now I got to go about my day and, you know, had I not been trading, if I didn't, you know, have this going on, you know that wouldn't happen yeah. so yeah i um i'm a, i'm a very spiritual so I'm, i meditate a lot um i'm very big on prayer very very big on self-talk self-help things like that so i truly feel like you, you got to have your head on wrapped straight you know to be a trader to sustain being a trader to you know withstand the mental pressures the mental stress that we all go through you know putting our money on the line every day and having to deal with the you know the things that we have to deal with so you you have to have you know your, all your ducks in a row for you yeah. to be profitable because if not you, it's 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 too hard it's too mm. hard and i'd rather you not do it <laughs> so okay. well, um, next question is what what about um if you had to recommend somebody go away and study or spend the next month mastering something what would it be um you know i'm, I'm a big believer in back testing big, big believer in backtesting because nothing is going to help you master the charts more than being on the charts. Because you could say, hey, read this book on psychology or, you know, go watch this video on this or do that or talk about risk management. All those things are very, very important. However, none of them are going to matter if you don't get your butt on those charts and backtest the heck out of those charts. You have to learn how the market moves. You have to uh, become familiar with sessions and become familiar with market structure. All these things are what is going to help you really dive into the DNA and the genetics of the Forex markets, because it's a very highly volatile market space. You have to have a certain level of knowledge and experience for you to even think that you're going to be profitable in these markets. So everything, all those other things, they, they come great, but I wouldn't be where I am if I did not dedicate as much time to backtesting as I did. I was on the charts every day, sometimes all day. And I loved it. I loved it. Trading to me, learning and studying, it wasn't uh, daunting. It wasn't boring. It wasn't, I enjoyed it. I, I literally enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute. Even the things I didn't understand, I enjoyed researching and trying to find you know, under an understanding of it. So you have to find the joy in it too. find happiness in doing it, because if it's something you really don't want to do, you're not going to be 100% focused. Mm. You're going to think I, I have to do this. Let me just get this over with. And when you get to the charts, you're going to be as lost as you were when you first started, because you're, you, it's not fun. It has to be fun. You got to find a passion for it. You got to find a joy in it, because if you don't get a rush from it, it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be too hard. It's going to be too hard. Now we're yeah. going to we're going to wrap up here with some quick fire questions. So first okay. one, how long how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? It took me two and a half years. Two and a half years. What's your favorite entry setup? Uh, break and retest for sure. Definitely break and retest. What strategies do you use to exit or manage your trades? Um. The 10 pip stop is usually what it is, one to one, one to two risk parameters. Um, but 
that's a hard one because it depends on the setup because my my trading has definitely evolved um, now than it was back then so that's typically hard for me but for the most part because i'm looking to only catch 10 or 20 pips um just know that i'm not risking any more than that on on my stop loss so okay and what about a recommended trading book or resource you know i did not i read one ebook when I started trading and that was the candlestick Bible. That's the only book I've ever read. I've heard of other books that some other people have mentioned. I've never read them though. Um, so I, I can't really recommend any books. I've never read any. The only one is the candlestick Bible. So that's the only one I can recommend. <laughs> okay. What about a preferred broker and trading platform? Oh, uh, Hanko Trade for sure. For sure. Uh, I've been with them since, not since I started trading, but very early on in my trading career, I started with them uh, and I haven't had an issue. I haven't had issues with withdrawals, the spreads, you know, how your pair, your, your setup freezes or you can't get out of a trade or whatnot. I haven't had that issue with them. The customer service is amazing. The, when I deposit money with them, it's fast. And when I take out money with them, it's fast as well. So that's the most important thing, right? You want to be able to get your money in and out. So if you don't have issues there, you're good. And they do deposit bonus as well, which is huge in the industry. So I definitely recommend Hanko Trade for sure. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Okay, and let's have an ad from them right now. Um, <laughs> what Can you walk us through your worst ever trade? Oh, wow. Yes, yes, I can. I'll never forget it. Uh, I, had, uh, a thir- I had deposited $30,000 into my account once. And I was, at the time, I was trading GBP AUD, um, which is a, at the time, it was a good pair. Now, I don't like it too much, but... I was trading and it had been ranging for weeks, for weeks. It was stuck in this giant, like 100 pip range. It would not break. And it was at a high. It was failing to make a new high. And I was looking for it to just dump, to just jump. And at the time, um, I was happy because that was the biggest account that I'd ever been trading with. So I would, of course, I over leveraged like, like I shouldn't have. And I threw in three 10 lot positions in the trade. And I was looking for the, uh, I'm sorry, not the sell, I was looking for the buy because price was already bullish. It was holding support and resistance, but overall time frame was bullish. So, hey, I'm looking for price to continue bullish. So I took, um, I took buy the support and I opened up three 10 lot positions on the trade and I'm scalping, right? So I'm not, I don't really trade with a stop loss. I close manually when I'm in my trades and I had no idea that news was coming out. Some sort of news came out and I'm in buys, three, three positions through in buys and it literally just melted. It melted on me. And in the time it took me to hit those X buttons to X out of the trade, I was down 15K. So I had lost literally half my account Jeez. on that one trade. And that was the worst loss I ever took. At the time, it was the worst loss. And um, it was around the holidays. And I literally like stopped trading for the rest of the month. It was like towards the middle of December. I didn't trade again until like the middle of January. After that, I just stopped. I was like, oh no. So yeah, that was definitely the worst. I never did that again. <laughs> I don't even trade ranges anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was definitely the worst. The worst, I, I would okay. say. <laughs> right. Well, look, final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice would be uh, if, if you really want it and this is for you, just don't give up. Keep studying. Um, keep testing yourself. Keep challenging yourself. Keep pushing your limits. Uh, don't doubt yourself. Don't don't uh, project negative things over your life, over your training. If one person can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, so if you just put in the time and the effort and the dedication, um, you will re- reap the benefits. So just don't give up. Do whatever it takes and do not give up because this will be the best opportunity uh, that you've ever that you've ever seen. Brilliant. Well, before we wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Oh, wow. I'm huge on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm a big deal on Instagram. I, I message back everybody. I look at all my DMs, Charlene FX. Uh, a lot of fake pages out there, guys. So just uh, don't look at the fakes out there, please. It's Charlene FX, just how it's spelled. No underscores, no dots, no extra letters, nothing like that. I will never message you first. 
all right but i'm big on instagram i i like i said i i'm always on there i'm big i'm I have a huge presence on there i love it on there i enjoy connecting with my followers on there so if you ever need anything any questions anything like that feel free to message me um and let's let's connect let's all connect this is what it's all about Brilliant. So. Well, look, a big thank you to Charlene for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with uh, links to her Instagram, are all in the show notes. Uh, to find them, simply search for Charlene in the search box on tradingnut.com. And until next time, I wish all my traders and listeners happiness and success. All right, folks, interview done and dusted with Charlene. Now, do remember we shot a video after the show where she uh, went through a bar replay challenge on AUDUSD. Try and find some trades, get in, get out. You're going to find out really how she broke down the QBanks, Rajabanks strategies into her own simple, simple strategy. So go and check that out uh, on the YouTube channel. Other things going on here, remember there's the Fidel Crest 50k challenge, links under the video, go and check that out if you're interested, enter the competition, and also we've got the Robot Builders Club offer this February 2023, where you can get access to the bootcamp and the bot that we built with that uh, this February. Also do remember we're doing another build in there that you'll get access to, which is based on smart money concepts, sort of part of the smart money concepts concept. <laughs> okay, all right, enough from me. Thanks you for watching and listening, and we'll see you in the next one.